0: Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Cory Go.
1: If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online.
2: Yeah, real boats rock. My hope for Haiti, it's a prosperous country. I want to see Haiti prosper. When I say prosperous country, in every way, we would like to see them being able to provide for their children. They have work. They are able to send their children to school. They're serving Jesus. And I would say this is the main reason. We are doing what we're doing. We are raising up leaders, godly leaders that will provide for themselves, provide for families, and then go out in communities, and change communities, transform communities, and then in return Haiti will be changed. We want to raise up the next generation, the next president, the next prime minister, the next senator, the next congressman, the next mayor, and the next pastor, and so on. This is Haiti Arise.
0: Well, oh, come on, can you give it up for our friends, Mark and Lisa Anorap from Haiti Arise. I'm so glad you're here today. You've got to be in the house of God with thanksgiving. Look, you'll have time to stuff your faces later, but I think it's good that we come and honor God for what He has done in our lives first. If we do that first, we come and we honor God and say, thank you, God. Um, we have known... How many years have we known you? 2002? We got to know you? Um, we have some history with him. In my dad's church... Um, we started going to Haiti for Haiti Arise right when, right when they started. And so we have history with these people. We're not just bringing them in and like, hey, uh, first of all, what I want to say here on Thanksgiving Day is, is there's a scripture that says, when you, when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And the heart of the Lord is always with the poor. And, and we have first world problems here, which we don't care about today. And you might be here because somebody's like, I know a friend who has first world problems, and that might be why you are here today. But um, what we want to do is we want to remember the poor, and as we do that, we lend to the Lord. It's not a powerful thing? Yeah. And our friends here, um, we, we, have some, we have some good memories with you guys. I did the worst prank of my life there one time. The funniest thing I've also ever done. True story. True story. I, I don't have time to get into it. And you'd think I was a monster. It wasn't that bad. I thought it was funny, but it wasn't super funny after that. But the, um, I want you guys to help them preach this morning. Can I get a little more energy from you guys? All right. That's good. Um, I remember one time we took uh, Layden and Nassia. Now, they were a lot younger then, but we took them to Haiti. And Sean had been there already for some months, right, Sean? Like maybe three months or six months or something like that. I can't remember. Anyways, we got there. And I still remember we get there and it's hot. And Sean is wearing his Edmonton Oilers jersey. And, and jeans, and is sweating like a pig over there. I'm like, Sean, he's like, I just ran out of clothes, and this is what I got. And so I'm like, that's meant to be, you're supposed to wear jerseys on ice when it's cold, and it's keeping all his body heated and stuff. And, and Nasty and Sean were kind of seeing each other at the time. That's a whole other story that I would love to tell. But Nasty was so excited. As we pulled up to Grand Guave to their property, as we, or in front of their house, I think, as we pulled up to Grand Guave there, we're like, where's Nasty? She's not in the van. And we're like, oh, no. And, and Pastor Aaron, she noticed that Nassie had had somehow gotten out of a van window. She was so excited to see Sean, and but Sean was still in, like, the introvert, like, playing at cool stage, right? And so Sean was keeping his emotions down, and Nassie was just all, like, ready to be there. We had a fun time. It's good if you can get, uh, especially youth overseas, yeah. to get them out of this bubble in Canadian thinking. It's just a good and healthy thing. We um I, Somebody else here who who is such a good bonding time for us in the church at the time, and... and uh, Somebody else said that, uh, I remember we took Layden with us as well on that trip. That was fun. That was super fun. It was a good training time, I think, for Layden. <laughs> Layden, who's the head of my production team now. He was not the head of anything back then. One time he says to me, he's, we're on the trip, right? And he keeps asking me like, hey, Pastor Corey, do you know where this is? And do you know where that is? And finally he goes, Pastor Corey, he says, and guess what What he asked if I knew where it was. He goes, have you seen my toothbrush? And being a patient soul, I said, Layden, I haven't seen your toothbrush. I haven't seen your Bible. I haven't seen your water bottle. I don't know where any of your crap is. <laughs> Try to keep it together. But it's funny that when you spend time with people, now look what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> now look what these guys are doing in our miss here. And Mark and Lisa were part of that part of that uh, 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 retraining the Canadian mind to do something for the Lord our God. And so I want you guys to welcome them again, and let's give them our ear today, and I hope you've prepared to, to bring something today.
1: Well, we're super excited to be with you guys this morning. I think Corey gave the background story enough so you know that we go way back. Actually, Pastor Richard and Beth really put a lot into us when we were first starting out. And our very first team was from Chinook Winds. Yeah, Yeah. so awesome. It's great. (laughs) Uh, But if you don't know who we are or about Haiti and Haiti Rise, I just want to share a little bit about what we are. So yeah, Yeah. if you can show that first slide to give a little picture of Haiti. You have the slides, right? Ah, there we go. Um, Haiti is in the Caribbean. It is the most beautiful place in the world. But, it is the poorest in the Western Hemisphere. And um, most people live off of less than $2 a day. Yeah. Um, I try to imagine that, and it's, it's, yeah. Um, They spend almost half of their income just getting around to where they need to go, to the market, to the city, to school. They spend 80 cents a day just on transportation. If you heard in June, there was a big uprising in Haiti because they actually wanted to raise the gas prices by 50%. And the people were like, "Uh, no, that's not happening. So anyways, um, but after all of that breakdown of what they spend their money on, they only spend like two cents on education, which ends up being a big problem. Some end up not spending any at all. And half of the population uh, is under the age of 16. So you have... 5.5 million people in Haiti are under age 16, and only half of them will ever get to go to school. So you have a quarter of the population that will never be educated. So as you can imagine, that poses a lot of issues. Out of every 10 kids, only six will go to school, four will finish elementary, one will graduate, and oftentimes one becomes a slave. Uh, If you don't know Mark's own story, that was his story of his life. And I'm sure he'll share a little bit about that with you. Uh, go to the next slide. So that's why we're there. Not only because Mark's from Haiti, but also we had a burden and a vision to want to change, uh, to make a change. You know that we all can make a change? Yeah. Because we have Jesus with us. He gives us the power to bring change. So we um, started Haiti Arise in 2003. And... Um, With five main goals, church planting, education, health care, providing homes, and orphan care. And we also do something called community transformation. That's just anything that's outside of our walls to be able to try to bring the community in. So I'm going to pass it to Mark. He can share a bit about the church. I
2: just want to say good morning and thank you to Pastor Corey and Aaron and to all of you for the opportunity to come and share with you today. Even though Pastor Richard and Beth are not here, I really want to say thank you to them because they have invested a lot into our lives. And uh, beside all the things that's happening in Haiti, all the problems, we believe in change. We believe in transformation. And we believe the only one who can help us to do it, is God. So that's why we are involved in church planting in Haiti. Up to date, Pastor Corey and Aaron, uh, we have about nine churches. And between the churches, we have about a thousand members. So we have uh, also uh, 40 pastors that affiliate with us. So we have uh, conferences, uh, leadership conferences, we have youth conferences. And it's just been awesome to see what God is doing in Haiti.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, through our education programs we have an elementary and high school going from preschool up to grade eight and we also have a technical college that helped you saw in the video helps provide skills and training. Uh, so in our elementary school uh, this last year we had 580 students and uh, started with 50 students in 7th grade, and now we have 8th grade, so that's been added. But we only had about 247 of those sponsored. So as you can imagine, trying to balance the budget was a little bit of a challenge last year. Uh, so we're always looking for sponsors, if that might be something you want to get involved with and be a part of. You can sponsor a child for 35 bucks a month. That was Mark's, again, his part of his story was this awesome lady right in the front row, Claire Roberts. Yeah. Uh, brought him in under his wing and sponsored him through his upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> and look what he's doing now. Yes. Um, we also had 350 students in the tech school and we helped 11 kids go to university and other places so they can come back and provide some special skills in Haiti Rise. So one
2: of the other part of the ministry that uh, really deep and impacted me is the Children's Village. Like I said, uh, I was born in a very big family, 15 children. My, my dad and my mom, they were heavily involved in voodoo. My dad was the voodoo priest. You know, the devil don't give, the devil kills, destroys, and takes away. So they were not able to feed us, send the children to school. So at five years old, they gave me away and I became a slave child. I do remember that day, a lady came over and spent a long time talking to my parents. I was quite young not I totally understood what was going on. And they were, when they were done talking, that lady came over and grabbed me by the hands and started pulling me behind her. So I looked back to see if my parents were going to come and took me away from her. They stood there and watched me go. So at five years old, I was put to work to maybe earn one meal a day. I was physically abused, verbally abused. No opportunity to go to school. Until when, when I turned 12, my brother came to visit and found out the way I was being treated. And no schooling. He got me out and put me in the children's home. And for the first time in my life, I started kindergarten. And once I had the opportunity the to start school, class. and I said, I'm going to love Jesus with all my heart, and I'm going to take my studies seriously. I want to become someone in life. So in the children home, as we already mentioned, I was sponsored by this wonderful family, yeah. sending me to school, paying for my schooling, sent me to college, brought me to Canada. So one in every 10 children in Haiti is still a slave. I never had the experience of my parents would call me over and say, Mark, come here and give me a kiss and a hug and say, I love you. I never had that. So we wanted to, we know we were going back to Haiti And we wanted to be involved in the children's lives, so that's where the children's village comes in. We're rescuing abandoned, orphaned, and slave children, put them in a family unit. And those children, they have a mom and a dad that will call them over, give them hugs and kisses, and say, I love you. We are raising the next generation for Haiti.
1: Um, Another exciting area is our medical center. We have a full-time medical clinic that runs uh, five days a week with full-time Haitian staff, and we see about 14,000 patients throughout the year. Um, An exciting piece that is new for us is we're adding a birthing center to that where women can come and have a safe place to, to give life. Um, We had been getting reports in Grand Guave, our town, just from the local hospital alone that about 10 women a month were dying in child labor um, a year or so ago. And to us, that's unacceptable. It's not something we can just sit back and be like, oh, that's too bad. We have to do something about it. So we've just hired um, two new midwives, and they've already begun working doing prenatal Care and some deliveries in homes. And we're working on starting construction in the fall for the birthing center. Yeah.
2: Anyway, we have so many stuff we would like to share with you here. <laughs> but you know, wherever we go, there's one thing we want to do. We want to share the word of God. So we just want to say thank you for the opportunity to come. So let's go right on to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can turn your Bible with us, in uh, the book of Romans, chapter 12, and we're going to read there. So we're going to talk to you about peace and its benefits.
1: I'm just going to pray quickly. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you can speak today to us and that we can hear you. And we just ask, Father, that you would speak to each heart this morning, that each person here would receive what you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Romans 12, 9 to 21. I think it's up on the screen. It will be up on the screen there for you, too. I'm, I'm reading from the New International Version, but I asked her to put up New Living Translation because that's actually my favorite. <laughs> uh, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Do not be conceited. Nobody likes conceited people. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And the scripture I want to pull out of that section that we want to talk about today, which really sums up the whole part, portion, is if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, what should we do? Live at peace with everyone. We'll also turn to, my iPad shut off, Romans 14, verse 17. It also says again, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. And there's one more verse in Hebrews that basically says the same thing again. Make every effort you can to pursue... Peace. You guys can interact with us. It's okay. To pursue peace, yeah. See, in Haiti, we're we're used to noisy church. That's why we like venue.
2: (laughs) Well, isn't that wonderful that uh, Heavenly Father... Would come down here and give us, offer us something that we need that will cause us to be successful in life, in everything that we do in life, in our community, in our country, nations, and family. So, in the verse that we just read, you know, Paul implies that peace may not always be possible. Peace may, may not be always possible, but it, it is an object of desire. What Paul would say to, to the Romans people, as much as it depend on you, that is, do your best to preserve peace. Don't stir up trouble over things of no vital importance. So, for, so far as we are concerned, we are to seek peace. Seek peace. This is a verb. It's very, it's an active verb. We have to look for it. We have to search for it. We have to go after it. But you know, it doesn't always depend on us. We may not be, we may be attacked one day by snarling, biting dogs. We may be called upon to defend truth. Ours is to live peaceably. When it, when it is on our power, we need to choose that to live peacefully. We start no strife, no contention. Only Paul and Jesus couldn't always live peaceably with all men. He, Paul will, ref, will reference many times how he was among those who sought to do him harm. In Second Corinthians 11 verse 24. And 26. Paul referred to the wild beast of Ephesus, so he was always in trouble with others, with circumstances of life. He said that Alexander did me much harm in 2 Timothy 4 verse 14. Even our Lord did not find it possible to live peaceably with all men. Look at, he overthrew the table of the money changers on two separate occasions. Isn't that a good example for us that we need to follow? He warned his own disciples, if the world hates me, they will hate you. In John 15, 18, the Jews were determined to kill him. Caiaphas said, this man has got to die for the nation. Yes, because he's going to free us. He's going to give us freedom. That's a prophecy from him. However, Jesus nor Paul went about looking to start a fight or stir up trouble. When they faced the difficulty of living peaceably with others, they made sure it was others who stirred up the strife. Not them. I believe this is a choice that we each have to make.
1: So, I'm a teacher by nature and I love definitions. I like I'm one of those people that likes to read the dictionary. So, I know, nerdy, isn't it? But um, it's important for us to understand the context and what we're actually trying to grasp. Peace, we ought to be a peace loving people. 1 Peter, 2 Timothy, keeps commanding us, seek peace and pursue it. So it separates those out, seek and pursue. So peace is something we must seek and peace is something we must pursue. First, let's look at what is peace. Well, the regular uh, Webster's Dictionary says it's a non-warring condition, a treaty between two groups to end hostility, the state of mutual harmony between two parties, especially in personal relationships, order, security, freedom, from dissension and strife, freedom from anxiety, a state of serenity, tranquility, silent, stillness. The biblical definition is shalom. That is the Greek uh, word, the original word, which means wholeness, health, security, well-being, salvation, relationship between man to man, nation to nation, man and God, the absence of conflict. To get it a little deeper that's what god wants for us that's his whole message seek is an active um, verb and is divine, defined as to go in search of on a quest for to discover by searching or questioning i like that one questioning to find the solution to a problem to go to to find rest to try or attempt to convince a person hmm Pursue is defined as to follow in order to overtake, to capture, to chase, to strive to gain, attain, to carry on or continue to practice. So when we actually look at the root definitions and the the meaning behind these words that Paul and, and all these people in the Bible are trying to tell us, Jesus himself... We are to go after, we are to question, we are to seek out the solutions, we are to try to find any way to gain our, our neighbor, to gain the person near us to find peace in between us. It's not a passive word.
2: In Matthew 5 verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So have you ever asked that question? Why are the peacemakers referred to as sons of the living God? The peacemakers. God is the God of peace. Jesus is called the prince of peace. Yeah. I believe that Jesus, oh, God is our source. So we, you know, I I like watching the news. Uh, I think last week, uh, the UN was, you know, all the leaders throughout the world came and, and they giving their speech to the world. The one word that each one of them keep repeating is the word peace. I need peace. You need peace. You need it in your marriage. You need it in your family, but you know, When I was watching them sharing about what we need. We need peace in the world. We need peace between nations and nations. Absolutely. But for me, they are looking for it in the wrong place. They're looking for it in the wrong place. You know, peace is what wholly personifies God. As it is his desire to bring every man into right relationship with him. Through his son to have peace with God and man, When we act out peace, we are expressing God's character to draw people near. Yeah, and this is our responsibility. Listen, everything that pertains to God has elements of peace, everything. You know, the dove, an animal known for being peaceful is the symbol used to depict the Holy Spirit. God's residence, heaven, is the most peaceful place. And he offered this to us. Romans 14, 17 said, For the kingdom of God is not what we eat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. When God speaks, or wherever his presence is, there is a feeling of peace in your spirit anywhere peace is absence God is absence so we need to seek peace how do you know a child of God or what is the mark of a son of God or a child of God a child of God always seek peace always go after peace I believe if it wasn't a good thing for us, we, we read about three verses, and there are more. Peace, It all talk about peace. So it's important for us, because our God, our Savior, He really, truly knows what we need to be successful, yeah. to be prosperous, to move forward, to go forward yeah. in life.
1: I think it's important to recognize that when we're talking about peacemakers, it's the active of going and seeking for the peace. It doesn't just mean brush the problems under the carpet, right? Or try to ignore or avoid or, oh, I'm just not going to talk about that problem with that person anymore because I don't want to have conflict. It actually is working it out so that you can be at peace with one another. When we come into right relationship with God, it's working out. We have to actually humble ourselves. Right? We have to come to the place where we say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. And so many marriages could be saved just by those few words. We had to learn that when we first got married. Haitians don't say sorry. (laughs) I'd be like, why don't you just say sorry? I'll be fine. Anyways. He's very good at it now. I have to learn. (laughs) We just have a few minutes left. We just want to share with you real practical, quickly, uh, seven plus one more benefits of peace that we can see even just in the definition of biblical peace. You go ahead. Okay. I'm going ahead. (laughs) The first is good health. Yeah. You can be healthy just by being at peace. When you have the absence of conflict, absence of trouble between relationships, you can actually just like let your breath go, loosen your muscles, yeah. Yeah. your heart rate goes down, you won't go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> Depression, stress, worries, all those things can be alleviated through peace. Secondly is well-being and positive mindset. People who enjoy peace are very positive yeah, they expect the best of things, they think positively of people and situations because they can actually see there's a solution. When we don't see a solution, we get really negative, don't we? We get worried and anxious and we don't see the end of the tunnel. But when we can, we can be positive.
2: And thirdly is hope and wholeness. You know, the peaceful are hopeful and the hopeful peaceful so when we are hopeless we will become helpless so the peace of God is a powerful ingredient in building up your hope you you will know that everything will will work out for your good and you will expect it to be so and whatever comes your way and whatever the situation that you you involved with circumstances, you will have hope that your God is faithful. Yeah. He will never change. And then you will know that he will get you out of it. When we have hope, we feel a deep sense of wholeness and rest for your future, for our future. Yeah. And fourthly, uh, when we have peace, it builds and fortify relationship. You know, a peacemaker always enjoy his or her relationship with others. Always. Peace within you will manifest in your response to issues. Is not it? Isn't that true? When we have peace, it will, you know, you will know how to respond to issues. People, people will, but others will be drawn to you because they enjoy the peace that surrounds you. No tension or dispute over things. Being with you will be like medicine <laughs> to the challenges. That's what I want to be. I want to be someone that creates good environment. So I draw others to me. Because of the peace of God.
1: Fifth is security and a better working environment. How many would you like that? Have you ever worked with someone who always fights with everybody and everything, always has a complaint about everything, always wants to nitpick and be the critical, not the critical thinker, (laughs) just critical? (laughs) Such a person does not have peace of mind and is always trying to get that out. But a peaceful person can help the troubled person feel secure and change the working environment because it's contagious. Yeah. And it can bring that sense of security. Six, the absence of conflict, I love this one because I'm creative, enables creativity. If you're under stress constantly or your schedule is just way too packed, you can't even like toast a Pop-Tart, <laughs> you won't have any time for creativity. But peace enables you to be creative, because your mind is at rest. You can actually live in the talents God's given you. You're not crowded with worries and negative thoughts and concerns of the present conflict. You can actually like, express the good things through creativity. A peaceful mind is able to be observant, also, and attentive to others and details around them. I don't know about you, but I love getting outside and taking a walk and just observing God's majesty. But if you're in a tight spot all the time, that's really hard to do.
2: Seven, satisfaction and contentment. So it is very good to aim for better life, but only the peaceful will be able to be satisfied and content with every level of progress giving glory to God. You know, <laughs> greed and peace don't go together. They don't go hand in hand. A greedy person is never at rest because he, he or she never satisfies. But when we know, you know, God is in charge, there is no reason to strive for more because you can be sure he will provide In any and all circumstances, it is favor. So when we are at peace, you know, it says, the scripture said, we have favor from God and from men. Everyone wants to be a blessing to a person who never gives and entertains troubles. As long as it is within my ability. I will always go out of my way to help any peaceful person. I will run away from some, someone who will always cause trouble. Create an environment that is not peaceful. You know, God promises that He will be with us. So his, He wants our soul. To rest in peace so the peace of God is a much have virtue for anyone who desires to enjoy life and be successful in life lack of peace breeds undesirable elements and circumstances but you know the good news is that God is ever ready to give his peace to us and it starts with salvation you know if you hear you don't have that peace and I want to encourage you that peace you can only find it in one place only God only Jesus we would encourage you to make that decision to allow Jesus to come into your life and it will make a difference let's pray Father we thank you today thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to come into your presence and thank you that you were, you were so willing to come and identify with us and give us life because you are a good father you know what we need and you have provided for us so I pray for every person here every family Every young people. And every child. Every husband. Every wife. Lord you will work to them. I pray God for every marriage is here. That your peace. Yes, will be given to them. Your presence. Will be given to them. So bless this house. Bless the leaders here God. Allow us to continue. To submit ourselves. And seeking you. And we from you because you have much to give to us in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope.
1: If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give.
0: Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.